Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimer and Harav Nissen. We look forward to taking your question or your comment along the mental health field. We just have three little requests. Number one, that we that you ask a question that is family appropriate, it means children under the age of eight we won't take because it's a house to skills-based question. The second little request that we have is that to be aware that we have kids as young as eight years old listening, so therefore what we want to do is it should be family appropriate. And the third one is please do not ask a question you're going to call us up later and ask to remove it because we are not going to be able, we're not going to be removing it. So I appreciate it, the understanding. The number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions or your comments. So go ahead, feel free to call up now, 718-683-5858. Hi, Rav Nissen. Let us go to our first caller, yeah, Mrs. Mrs. B. B. Hello? Hello. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for taking my call. Before I begin, I just wanted to tell you that I'm the sister that you met in Yapchik. I'd never heard of your things before, and when she came into the car, she was just tired to say that she met you, and she told, she gave us the number to call. Since uh-huh. then, I'm really, really enjoying your calls. Wow. Your program, sorry. Yeah. Um, thank you. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you a question. I've got a teenager that she's not the best in cleanliness. She won't clean up after her mess, or she won't, her room is not always spotless. So again, so you have, how old, is, that, how old is the person? She's 14. 14, okay. But saying that, she, it can be whatever time of the night it will be, but she'll have to have a bath or a shower. She'll only eat in disposable way. But Shabbos, she can eat in a glassware. So you'll ask her, why can you eat Shabbos in glassware, not in disposable? So she'll go and she'll eat also disposable way on Shabbos. Now, if we won't have disposable spoons, let's say, then she would not eat that day. Is it something that I should be concerned of, let's say, OCD, or is it just bad habits? What, what would be your... So just forgive me for that. You just asked me an is it question. We can't do is it. Okay. Because you're not telling me all the information. Not that you're not. It's not appropriate to tell me to share over here all the issues. Right. Okay? So let's be aware we can't do that. What we could do is we can create, do you think it's an issue? Do you think it's something that you need to speak to her about? Then, yes, you send her somewhere. If you feel it's just age-appropriate and she's got a little more mishigasin than others, then it's Okay. How do I know that? Well, yes, speak to other, speak to Mahalchem, speak to teachers that age. Find out if she's that way in school also. No, she's fine. That knows what would she eat in school? Um, snacks that she would take from home. Would she eat food in school? Yes. Would she would she touch dollar bills? Would she what what happens if someone would she go to camp? Does she go to camp? Yes, she does. How does she manage there? She how does she manage without her bath? 
with disposable way. And what happens if it would be metal? Then What's silverware like? Then she'll just not eat. Okay, so let me be clear. If you're concerned for OCD, then you need to send her to a professional. If you're not concerned for OCD and you think it's just a mishigas, then you don't. Then you might just need to speak to her and tell her, look, we need to get certain things out of the system. The fact that you don't eat from silverware is an issue. We want you to be well balanced. Right. No, because I have spoken to her a couple of times. I'm going to ask her why is it. But she's not. She doesn't answer. But that's what I'm saying. So why is it that Shabbos she can eat glassware? That's that's where my question is. So is it something? Well, there's one thing glassware, and there's another thing a silverware. No, no. What I'm trying to say is during the week she won't touch a a, um, a, cl- a cup, for example. It'll only only be disposables. When you say she won't touch, and if you tell her, please bring me the glass. She will, but she won't drink from it. Okay, so this is definitely, you're bringing up an issue where it warrants getting evaluated. Okay. Right. I don't know what else is happening. I don't know where else things are going. I don't know how she was a year or two ago. Rav Nissen, what do you say to this? It sounds very strange, but, you know, this. what is the relationship between you and her generally? You know, it's, it's No, good. Baruch Hashem, very good. Very good. And she can explain yes. you, she can explain you what, uh, you know, what's going on uh, on her brain when you ask her about it? Or just so I it? asked her, so she told me that she's scared I haven't washed it properly. So I told her, see, you take the fairy liquid and you wash it well. She goes, no, I don't want to touch the fairy liquid either. That is the washing liquid. So let, let me, let's talk in general because we're not going to diagnose because I don't have all the information, so I don't want to do that. But, Rev. Okay. let's discuss a topic that we don't discuss a lot, and that's more obsessive-compulsive disorder and OCD. OCDs sometimes can start with a mishigas, and sometimes there's, there's a reason for that. But either way, let's understand what OCD stands for and what it looks for. It stands for obsessive compulsive disorder. Obsessions mean, which again, I'm going to speak in the pure form, because today they don't say, they say there's no such thing as a pure obsession, but let's just take theoretically. Obsession means when someone is stuck in their mind, mean they have thoughts and there are no behaviors really following through with it. That means if sometimes you could have a person sitting for an hour or two planning out the next day, everything, and they won't do anything, but they're stuck planning out the day. That is more the obsessive component. Then there's the compulsion component. Compulsion means you need to do something. So they need to, let's say, touch, touch the right elbow and then the left elbow. They need to wash their hands many times. Or sometimes the compulsion is the other way. I cannot touch a uh, glass. I cannot do certain things. And if I do it, then I don't feel good. So there are two types of compulsions. There is one type where I need to do something. And then there is a type where I cannot do something. And sometimes people have an OCD, let's say, with touching money. Believe it or not, I, people would sometimes... Someone would say, I wish my wife would have that issue where she won't spend money. Of course, she won't touch it. But for those that have it, they know it's not a joke. They're afraid of the germs. 
So what happens is we need to understand what are, when a person helps the way you fight OCD, a large, a huge component, most of the component is actually the exposure. So what happens is you want them to get exposed to touching the glass. You want them to feel uncomfortable, and you want them to get used to being uncomfortable. So the top therapy that's used now in the United States is called ERP, uh, Exposure and Response Protocol. And that is really having the person, you identify what is the biggest part that they're uncomfortable with, and now you expose them to it. Is there somebody in London that does it? That, that you also have relief in London, and that's where we go to referral sources. But I just mm-hmm. want you to understand it. So it could be that it's OCD, but let's try something different. Let's try that maybe when she touches glass, it might it it just touches the feel of that she doesn't like. It has nothing to do with OCD, just the sensitivity to that. Or she wants to someone spit in a glass, and since then she gets disgusted by that. That's why we don't diagnose just by what you're describing. Sometimes there are people that have an issue just take with clothing, and people go, oh, they have an OCD to their clothing and all that. No, either it's sensory, but I was involved with a case where the kid couldn't stand the smell. They have a sensitive nose, and they used, the mother used a different detergent, and they didn't like it. And everyone's already starting to say there's obsessions to the clothing and to smells. It's not. It was a new detergent. They didn't like it. So you need to do a full intake. It means you've got to ask questions. How long is this? Did you ever have it in different places? Is there anyone in the family that, had it, that has it or, or something like that? What's going through your mind? How uncomfortable is it? There's so much that needs to get involved. The only Does con- that make sense? The only concern I have is that it's contradicting one another because she doesn't have an issue touching the glassware and she can give it to me and here and there she can drink from it. But that will only be sort of Shabbos when we're sitting together. But during the week she will rather fast or not drink because it can only be disposable. That's what I'm thinking. Is it just a bad habit? Is it something that you just ignore? How do I know? No, at 14 you need to face it. Okay. I'm not saying that's a diagnosable issue, but we've got to be con- you got to be aware of that because at 14 these things don't just stay in one place. They evolve, they change. And the longer it stays that way, the more they start accepting I have mishigasan and these are normal mishigasan, and then later if it develops to a full-blown diagnosis, then many times these people don't want to change because I'm okay. Okay. So if she's 40, if you told me she was 8, I'll tell you ignore it. 8-year-old kids all have mishigasan. 14-year-olds that would rather not drink, be starving, but not drink, is already something you want to address. Right. Doesn't mean it's big. Doesn't mean it's even a diagnosable issue, but that's called preventative medicine. So when we say that there's a, an ounce of cure, how does it go again? An ounce of um, helps you for more than a pound of cure. Oh, an ounce of prevention, I, whatever the saying goes. But basically what you're doing now is you're noticing something. There could be reasons to it. She's not opening up to you what the reasons are. A therapist that deals with this all day will know how to get out of her sort of what's happening.
Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll be doing that. Excellent. Thank you very, very much. My pleasure. Thank you for calling up, and it's a pleasure meeting you all. Uh, by the way, the ERP therapy stands for Exposure and Response Prevention Therapy. If you want to write it down just for, for people listening, this is now probably from the top methods of therapy in OCD. It's ERP therapy. Okay. Thank Great. you very much. You got it, okay. certainly. Thank you for that great question. Very rarely do we get such a question, so I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Ravnison, what do you say to this? Okay, so I think that uh, we, we okay, opened a, a new discussing about that. I got the phone calls from other people also about uh, ah. this issue. And uh, you know what? It's, re- it's really something that, uh, as you said, it has to be diagnosed from professional you cannot. Yeah. Uh, I would say that we'll we'll go to Mr. N. Okay, it's Mr. N. Yes. Okay, Mr. N, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hello. I feel like I have. Hello. Okay. So, okay. okay so, wasn't clear. We'll, the number okay, to call so up we'll for those that would like is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. We have now the availability Ms. to ask your questions, to so call up, share your question or your comments. Miss M. Ms. M, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello. Can you hear Ms. me? Ms. M. Yes. Yes, we hear you. Yes. Hi. First, I'd like to thank you for your question. I hear an echo. You hear? Yep, that's normal. Okay. So I'm a 17-year-old girl. I want to know, I have everything. I have a family, I have friends. I have a good job, but whatever. I just feel like something's missing. Like, is it normal? Like, where is it coming from? Um, that's a very difficult question, because exactly what we do with that is I shift it right back to you. So let me ask you something. Baksham, you have everything, a wonderful family, and you feel something's missing. What do you think is missing? I know that's my question. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We shift it right back to you. We have you get aware. Don't. There, I should. I shouldn't say don't. There are different styles in therapy. The method that I do best at is we have you be aware. So go ahead and start thinking. Is there something in the family that is not going that well as I think is going well? Is there something in school that's not going well? Is there something with friends that's not going well? Is there something about myself that I'm not happy with? Is it maybe that I have everything, but I compare myself to others? So before you say no, I'm going to shift the question right back to you and go ahead and start being aware. So my question to you is, you have wonderful family. You're very happy with your life. So what do you feel is missing? Um, could be it's like something spiritual. Great. What do you think you're missing spiritual? I don't know, because I'm... I'm good, like, whatever, I'm very normal, average, real, whatever, but maybe, I don't know, I can't figure it out. Now, notice what you did. What you did to yourself is more likely what you would have done to me. It means you said, okay, something spiritual, and then I said, oh, something spiritual, go, oh, but why? But I'm happy spiritual. No, notice I'm not how really, you beat yourself up. but I don't know what. So let's help you out, and for everyone listening, 
we need to understand that there are different stages in, let's say, in the planning stage, how you plan. All the way at the beginning stage, you need to start being creative and allow yourself to make many, many mistakes. That means you want to build a house. Okay, what type of house do I want to build? Do I want to build a two-family house or a single-family house? Do I want to have a driveway? Do I not? How many rooms do I want to have? Do I want to have a guest room, a chesed room? Now, when you're in that preparing stage or planning stage, the initial planning stage, all these thoughts make sense. Then you start going, no, I don't want to have a guest room because I'd rather have chesed because I want my house to have mitzvahs. Oh, but if I do the room, if I do the mitzvah room, but I don't want to have to go through the whole house, I have to put in the basement. But the basement I want somewhere else. Okay, so the chesed room might be in the plans, might not be in the plans. If a person in the planning stage goes, okay, I want to make a house, I must know which house right away, it has to be the right way right away, you'll never get there. That means in the pre-planning stages, every idea works. You allow the creativity to flow. And then as you have ideas and as you start trying to ground each of those ideas, you start seeing which is more practical. What is happening, and this is for you and for everyone listening, the way you ask your question, you ask me a pre-planning stage, but you're using the rules of, let's say, stage 10. In other words, there's no reason for me to do this way because everything's working out. Well, you can't use that stage at the pre-planning stage. So you just allowed yourself to be aware maybe there's something spiritually, maybe something on Arachne is that you want to have a growth. You want to grow, but right away stage 10 came up. Nope, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but does, so you mean I say that I have to give you more information? No, for yourself, not me, for you. Like for me to figure it out, I need to know. That's right. So let's go through that stage again. So there's something rachnia, something on a spiritual level that you want to grow that you're not doing now. And now just take guesses. Take three guesses that what do you think spiritually you would like to grow? Um, it could be I feel like my social life is taking over my life and it's not giving me time for spiritual, like it makes sense. Excellent. That definitely would make sense. So that's one option. Notice I'm not saying, oh, that's it. Whoever's listening, realize this is how you do in the preparing stages, in the pre-planning stages. You get different stuff that could be going on. So that could be one issue, that you're so social, Baruch Hashem. The issue is that's too much, and it's infringing on the spiritual, on the rachniest level that you'd like to have. Good. What else could be another reason why, Baruch Hashem, you have so much and you're not being happy? It still could be spiritually. It could be in another area as well. Uh. What else it could be? I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, this. But in all okay, other great. areas, like, well, so I don't, like, I used to be better, and I feel like I, I don't know, like I became less. Okay, so that's, that's a separate issue. So number one is that you're spending too much time socially, and it's taking away from your spiritual, from your rachnias time, step one. Step two is you used to do better, and now you're not doing as well or as on a spiritual level that you were before. Good. That's the second reason. What else do you think might be going on? I don't know. I think that's, that's it. I don't know. Can't Good. So now... Let's go with the assumption that these are the only two reasons why Baruch Hashem, Hashem has given you so much and you're not appreciating what you have because you feel something is missing. What can you do to remedy the situation? 
so I tried, um, like, cutting back on being so, like, doing more so spiritually. But I can't, like, yeah. stick to it. Oh, so now we got a third issue coming up. The third issue is that you're beating yourself up for not sticking to something. Right. Correct? Yeah. Excellent. So now the next step that what we want to focus on is how you can take a small subject and stick to it. So that's what we hear when people, when all the Rabbanim are saying, when it comes Rosh Hashanah and people take Kabbalahs, or Elul, a person takes a Kabbalah and they want it to take to them throughout Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and then throughout the year, they always tell us take the small ones. The small ones are easier and possible to follow through the entire year. And small Kabbalahs end up being huge case. Huge Kabbalahs end up one leads to the next. Right. So can you take a small spiritual Rachnius level? Yes, I believe I tried, but yeah. Have you worked it out with a teacher or with your parents? I'm not, I'm not at school. You're I'm at not. a school. So what about your parents? What about an old teacher? What about a rabbi that you are close to? No, I never spoke about it. You said you're well, 17 years old, no? Go ahead, what? I'm sorry? You said, how old you are? 17. So how are you kind of school? I work. I mean, yeah. Um, so who could you speak to? Um, yeah, I could speak to my parents about it. Great. And what do you think would happen if you open up to them? Um, I don't know. I think it's my own thing that I have to work out. You see the words your own and yourself? Those are very lonely and difficult positions. What, are they what would change if it would go easier? If you would speak to an adult, someone would help you. That's why I'm calling up. Great, but this is a very public forum. It's not detailed one-on-one where you can open up everything that's happening. So notice I did not ask you what Rachnius Kabbalah you took, why you're not able to, because it's too public. Right. So my question is if it's normal to feel this way. Let's understand everything is normal. Do you want to be okay with that, or do you want to figure out how to get out of it? You know, it's normal to also get out of it. I it's normal and then figure it out. First of all, if I'm like... Great. So by calling up, I'd like you to realize that since questions always have a life of its own, I'm hearing a complete different question that I'll discuss with you. And that is as follows. How can you learn to not make decisions on your own and to be able to discuss and reach out to adults? I think that's my problem, that I should learn to... I didn't say that is your problem. That is a issue that I hear between your words. Because I believe part of this issue needs to be discussed with an adult. Ravnissa, what do you say? I, I think that, uh, first of all, I just, I, I'm a little great, I'm a great believer on the teenagers, you know, really. And I know that yeah. she's, she's, feel, she's feel something wrong. And she knows, she knows exactly what's, what's wrong with her, you know. And it's, 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 it's very normal. It's very normal, I would say. And, you know, we, we have the song uh, in, in Hebrew, uh, 
אני ואתה נשנה את העולם. It's the teenagers basically that we have the desire, and that's how ריבונו של עולם, הקדוש ברוך הוא, create us as a teenagers, full of energy, full of things, full of thought, and we can change it, and nobody understand us, but I think that what more is what I, I feel here, that you need a little bit direction, and that's what uh, my Mordechai said, that just talk with somebody that you can trust and build a trust with, this, with him or her, and try to get a direction, because it seems it to me right now that uh, you, you, so you think, your thought is taking you a little bit down than instead of up. And give yourself you know, like more credit. Delving too much on my... Yeah, give more yourself more credit. And I believe that by calling us, by calling the J-Rod Radio, I believe that you, you did tremendous uh, courage and tremendous uh, um, will from your side that you want to get better and better and more spiritual. And it's amazing that you called and talking about it. I think that you basically a lot of teenagers thinking like you and don't know where to go. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So you're so brave and clear. And notice how aware you are because you're able to say, I don't know why, and with just a little bit talking, you're able to know exactly why. You're able to pinpoint it. Right. So all I feel is that you've got so much within you and just work out together with a with an adult that's what adults are there for right. imagine you would have a 17 year old daughter would have this wouldn't you want her speaking to you yeah right exactly that's what adults are there for mm-hmm. okay excellent thank you so much for your help you're welcome thank you We'll go to Mr. N. Mr. N, yes. you're on with Nissen and Mordechai. Shalom Aleichem, Tzadik. Aleichem, Shalom. How you cure, how you cure uh, I don't know, OCD or teenager problems? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> Mr. N. You know, I I don't know. The therapist therapist gives only 45 minutes once a week. And I don't think it's enough. And if you take a private, it's like a a well without an end. Right. So what are you going to do? There's somebody laughing all day long. He finishes Shachrit at 2 o'clock and then continue Mincha. And uh, most of the day, and you go to sleep at uh, 12, 1 o'clock. As a father, what should I have to do besides pray and cry and daven? Let's, let's shift this to you. I just for you to be aware. Do you know how many times I hear of someone that has an OCD with davening chakras, that he davens for the Amid chakras three or four times a day in different shuls? He davens for the Amid. <laughs> then this it's one not doesn't daven for the Amid. This one repeats the Tfila, Sim Shalom Tovah, Sim Shalom Tovah, Sim Shalom Tovah, I repeat the word. Yeah, and, uh, has over to say all and the over. And all these and all that. 
and uh, whatever it is. And, uh, and then the night time, he's learning like an Admora at, at 11 o'clock at night. He opened three four Gmarot and Shulchan Aruch because Bravo. he feels guilty that he's oh. there all during the day. What do we do about yes, this? Yes, it is very serious. I want you to know it is very serious. And you, and if they're going to an agency, you want to make sure they have experience with OCD. And I just want you to know many times, or most of the time, there will also be a little medication given. Yeah, so that's what I was recommended for a little medication. That they told me that it's basically a little bit relaxing the person. And it's a, it's a vessel to listen to you because now in the head, these people, I don't know, particularly my case, he, he, he was not list, he's not willing to listen. It's just like That's his right. head, I must daven, or I must yeah. learn, or I must, it's like he focuses like a, it's, like it's a session. Yes, exactly. So that is why medication is sometimes introduced when it's a serious when it's a more serious case, because the mind just not listening. It's not Hasish home that they're bad. But I want to explain to you, mind Rabbi Weinberger, Rabbi Weinberger, yeah. I want to explain to you something about myself that I discovered, and, and, and maybe you, you tell me how it helped. When I was new Baal Tshuva, let's put it this way, many, many years ago, so they, they taught you, you know, you have to dive and say, Patach Eliyahu, say, Noam Elimelech, Leshem Echut Kutsha, before Tfilin, before Tzitzit, Doesn't word by word, whatever it is. And I did it for six months in yeshiva. And then when I come to the shtibale here, and I see the people say, They finish the tefillah in in, in 40 minutes. And and I I ask the question, tell me, that's the way you're supposed to daven? So that they taught me, listen, tefillah is the rabbonan. You don't have to say that. You don't have to say that. You don't have to say that. And I... I, I, I think that was OCD, but I want to explain to you. I I mostly nefesh for the tefillah because I felt if I don't say this, I don't say that, they're going to gather the Baruch for me. I'm going, to, I'm going to lose all my Yiddishkeit. So maybe those people with OCD, well, let's say I give you an example. I told my son, don't say Kiyat Shema. He, say, he repeats the Kiyat Shema twice. You're right. I tell him, don't say that one time, one day. Tomorrow, say 10 times, Kriyachma. You tell me I should eat pig one time? So where does harada come from? Where does obsession... By the way, it cost me Shlombayt. It cost me par- Parnassah. And I remember how I got rid of it. I had, I had a job that I had to be there 10 o'clock in the morning. And I said, let's try. And I didn't say Patach Eliyahu, And I didn't say Noam Elimelech. And one second, I had drove... At the first red light, I stopped, and the sidu was open on the, on the right seat, and I said the Patach Eliyahu, and the other red light, I said the Hallelujah, and the other red light, I said Baruch Shama, and the other, and now I become like everybody. I come, I scan the tefillah with 20 minutes. Baruch Hashem, I have small eyes that I, that I dive with Kaddosh Baruch 15, 20 minutes, I sit and I cry, and it went away. But it's a child. Yeah. How, how, how you fix it? So I just want you to realize that how to fix it is hard, but Rav Nissen, you can probably... What would you say to this person? Which means you're 100% correct. When someone becomes about tshuva, and they daven for an hour, hour and a half, and then they see someone that's already from for a very long time, all of a sudden davening is a half hour, 40 minutes. What do we tell them? 
you know we, we speak, yeah we, we spoke yeah. about we spoke about it so many times about this kind of issue but i i would say because i know i know that i know the person that uh, right now calling and i know the 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 issue and i would say that uh it's it's a acceler it's like would say that uh the this this is a kind of acceleration from the situation that every day and because because i again we got two personal i i you know what Mr. N, we know you know what I'm thinking. Uh, I cannot continue and talk about it. Okay, good. So I'll continue. So let's just understand something. OCD, this is across the board with all the Rabbanim today, has nothing to do with Yiddishkeit, nothing to do with Yihadut. Zero. It's Zero. to do with fear. Yes. And if oh, they don't have it in religion... Oh, one second. Rabbi Rabbanim, Everybody has a fear. This one for Parnassa. This one for 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 no, Natalia. No. Everybody, when the fear come extreme. Thank you. Let's clarify that. Let's clarify that fear is not a disorder. We discussed this many times. That when they teach us how to diagnose, they explain to us the difference between a normal fear and between when something gets diagnosable where they have an anxiety. So there's something called anxiety where someone might be afraid to go in the street because a car will hit them, chas v'shalom. Okay. That is not fear. That is called a new level called anxiety, and that is not called fear. Well, what, Repeating, davening, is not called fear. It's not called kavot shemayim. It's called not a kavot shemayim. It's a fear. It's a fear. That's right. Well, let's change this the one, word to illness. It's an illness. That's right. And an illness, you need an expert, you need a therapist that's an expert with OCD. And many times what happens to this illness is that it freezes the brain that the mind can't think to get out of it. So that's why you need the medication. I think, I I know medication, I know medication. But I think that the, the roots of it, it's fear. You're right, it is, everybody has normal fear. But when it comes to extreme, then you call it anxiety or you, you need medication. But how do you control, how do you control fear? He, 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 he's fear that he didn't pronounce the word correctly. This guy fear he didn't wash the head correctly. So let he's me explain lady, to you. So let's go straight into the method of therapy. The method of therapy is called, fear? let me explain to you. The method of therapy that we do, it's called, not we, but that's a, it's a type of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's called exposure response prevention. What it does is you actually have him do what he's afraid of. So let me give you the muscle that they give. The classical example they give is when someone jumps into a swimming pool, right? It's freezing cold. What happens 10 minutes later? Did the water warm up? No. Yes. No, the water didn't warm up. The water is just as cold. Yes. Did your body get colder? No, your blood still stays at 98.6, you know, temperature. Yes. So what changed that after five minutes or 10 minutes in the pool, you're comfortable? What changed is very simple. What changes your mind, the senses where your body says it's so cold, got adjusted. That's what they told me. That's what I read. That's Lahavdi, Mechila Weinberger, I stop you. That he has to go, Lahavdi, off the derech, which means don't say hallelujah, 
Don't say this. You see, nothing happened. Don't, don't say that. No, no, no. He's going to tell you to go off the dam. What the Rav will tell you to do is you say Kriyashima was. Mr. N, Mr. N, Mr. N, Mr. N, Mr. N, Mr. N, that's why the minute it becomes a religious question, you need to have a Rav as well working with the therapist. Okay? Mr. N, I will just say Mr. N, it seems like at certain times you don't listen. I'm so unfortunate, you know. Just listen to him between the lines. It's very important. Nobody telling you to go off the derech, and nobody this. This is you. No, imagination. not that off the derech. I mean, I mean, what Rabbi Weinberger say, he's right about the pool, which means the body gets used to it. So if he wouldn't say, I understand, I translate that. If he wouldn't say, say half of the tefillah, or he got straight to the shul, and he didn't say, and he said only barechu, or any shtabach, and he said that it's okay. It's, Nothing wrong with that. And he do it again and again and again. Most probably he would you, have, you, you have adjust. to adjust. But the problem is that he's not he's not a vessel to listen. Okay, so now you now, but, a mind like but, that to listen. Ah, right. That's the next step. The next step is how do you get someone to listen? And unfortunately we can't that's a much harder subject. How how to get the children to listen when they're not ready to. And here I'm gonna tell you an answer that you're not gonna like. The secret is the parents that need to be in therapy for about six months. We will I agree find. With you. Pass- I know that. I I know that. I know. I know. The psychiatrist says it's a teamwork. The parents, 25%. A good therapist, 25%. Motivation of the child, 25%. And medication, 25%. Wow. Okay. Said, so I, I become- never heard that, and I love that. I might I might borrow it now. That's so where is you twenty five percent? So what I would tell you to do is invest in the parents first. Invest in your twenty five percent first. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna be Yona. I I'm gonna be Yona. Beshelia Sara. Everything is okay. my fault again. Uh, Mr. Mr. N. Mr. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. I would say I would I would say it's fifty percent in your case. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell I you. I'm so it's fifty. I love 50. you. I love you too. Nisim is great. Nisim. I give you a book, I should be much clear. Amen, amen. 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 We do everything wonderful. My Kadosh Baruch Hu, my name is Shalot Lipchem Etova. And it's a fork and Chazak very much. And what should I tell you? Thank you very much. Amen. 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 And you don't forget your 50%. Thank you. Okay, the last question. Rabbi Weinberger, the medication. I'm really a little bit terrified for medication. From your experience, those medications are, are, are harmful or not? It's a very it's a controversial tylenol. question. It's because with, some, with a few people, it could be, but I'd like to do it the other way. Not taking medication at this level is for sure harmful. So let's say 80% of the people have a very easy time, don't get affected at all just for the positive. Let's say that. 20% could, could get complicated, but you see it right away, and if they go back to the doctor, when the doctor asks, you catch it, and then you could change it. But uh-huh. not taking the medication, the level what you're describing, is unfortunately the Fidar Hateva, 100% the problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't want to tell you the name of the Mashgiach, of okay. the Shiva, just what he told me a few days ago, of a very big Mashgiach. Uh, he told me, Nisim, 
what you're doing, you're supposed to give it to him a long time ago. Okay, that's we, right. spoke, we spoke about it many, yeah. many months ago. And unfortunately... Okay, okay, I give up, okay. I give up, give up. I give up. Okay, okay. thank you. Bracha v'atzlacha. Amen. Okay. Okay, תודה רבה, רבי וואן גיבלת. My pleasure, it's just Mordechai. Rav Nissen is the rabbi, by the way, over here on this program. No, no, the Torah. Okay, we'll go to Miss L. Miss L, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hello. 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 Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you for your marvelous program. And I want to add that I used to think that therapy was reserved for crazy people exclusively. But because of this program, I think that I've very much matured with that attitude. And I now view therapy as a beneficial aid to regular people, just like any ordinary person would use a car to reach their destination. Wow, beautiful. That is a great marshal. Yes. Okay, so my question is, I've noticed I'm spending an increased amount of time in my bedroom. I'm extremely busy with my studies, but it's more than that. On Shabbos, I will be thinking and reading. On weekdays, it's schoolwork. But I've also taken to eating some meals in my room, which I've never done before. Now, I'm quite certain that I'm not isolating myself from anyone or behaving socially off or any of that. So I want to know if it's something for me to be concerned about or to change if it's a negative thing. Rav Nissen, I let you take this, because this isn't a diagnosable thing. This is a question. What would you say, Rav Nissen, to this? I, I tell you, I just was on, a, on the phone. I'm sorry. Just uh, ah. Okay. So basically, this girl is saying that she's a lot in her room. She studies a lot, but she finds herself there. And lately, she's even finding herself eating sometimes a meal there. She wants to know if it's a problem or not. Uh, how old are you? Sixteen. That's uh, it's. Do, do you have another sibling? I don't have sisters. Okay, and do you feel that uh, they pressure you? Because it seems like you know, right now you're in a four corner. You try to find you define your territory, in my opinion, and uh, just uh, isolate yourself from uh, from the house. It's. Again, you know, I, what I'm listening to saying is it's it's normal sometimes to want to be on your own, to want to read your your stuff, but to be eating meals and to be more extreme at home, it sounds like you want to isolate yourself, like you're hiding. That's what he's asking. Mm, Do you want to hide? No, it's not that. I, I'm not trying to avoid people. It's more. I, I'm I'm not sure why I like to be myself more lately. To think about it. What do you think it could be? I don't know. Well, here's what we shifted back to you, just as we had with the first caller. So let's get, especially when it's teenagers calling up, in therapy, we don't tell you that mommy, please help me, Tati, please help me, save me, doesn't, that's not how it works in the adult world. In the adult world, it's this, I think, is the problem. Let's explore together what my issue is. So let's shift it right back to you. Why would you eat a meal in your room rather than in the kitchen? It's more, it's more convenient to, to learn and, and just to finish off my things. It's a waste of time. 
So is there now an expectation that you need to utilize every minute? Yes. Okay, now where does that come from? Being very, very busy. Well, everyone is busy, so what do other girls in your class do? Um... Maybe they spend less time on other things. That's right. So it's called budgeting. We start learning how to budget. What a budget means is that if you've got X amount of money, which in your time, the budget, the money is time, you need to start budgeting. What do you want to spend on what? And how much do you want to spend on that? Right. Now, if you want to get 100 on everything, or you want to know everything well, so what you're saying is you have $100, and you want to spend on five items $100, then you're going to be negative deficit 400, which is what's happening. All of a sudden, you're now eating in your room because you want to get everything, but now you're losing out on eating and having a social life. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the lesson that you're learning now in the teenage year and what others will learn is how to be balanced, how to be able to say certain places I'm going to get an 80, certain places I'll get a 70, and certain things are important, I'm going to go for 100. So budgeting your time is like budgeting money. You can't spend everything and have everything. It doesn't work that way. You can't spend $100 and still have $100 in your bank account. You can't study, get 100 on tests, and then also be social and also have a family life. Uh, ex- so you might need to budget things and study earlier. So what do you say to yeah, that? I want to ask uh, if you share uh, your friend by studying, you know, like phone calls, you know, talking with your friends, or just yourself, you close yourself in the four corners of your... Why is, is a friend that, or you're afraid that other friends will be competitive to you? I'm talking that no, I speak on the phone a lot when I study. Oh, I speak with the phone. Or for just for chatting. Mm-hmm. So this is a good sign. But uh, is, is your sister or your parents involved with, you know, just sometimes? What, sorry? Is Reverend, pa- this is asking if you're also spending time with your family, with your brothers or with your parents. Hmm. Uh, my school life doesn't really give much time for that. But, yeah, I think sufficient. That's right. So as you're now a teenager, you're learning to start budgeting your time. Yeah, that's an important lesson. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Got it? Yes, yeah. Excellent. And I want you to realize it sounds like you're calling from England at a very late hour, so... Somehow you're still studying at a late time. <laughs> yeah. So now it's time right. to do homework about Rab Modech, I said. What about the homework? Of Rab Modechai. Rab Modechai homework. Ah, oh, yeah. which homework yeah. is that? To practice the budgeting. That's right. So do you think you can start now budgeting? What would you put into your budget now, in your budget of time? What would you put in? Would you have time maybe meeting friends in person, 
maybe sitting and schmoozing with your parents a little, share with them the day. What would, would you put in your budget corners. now? What? I would have to cut some corners with some things I do. Good. And what are you going to put instead? Uh, making sure I spend enough time out of my bedroom with other people. Nice. And no eating in the bedroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't Spe- eat in the bedroom. Especially before Pesach. <laughs> no, uh, there's no bacteria in my room. Okay. Wow. Anyway, thank you so much. Good night. My, good night. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, we'll go. The to... number to call up is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And go to Mr. And P. we are going to Mr. P. Hello? Yes, hi. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi. Uh, thank you very much for all the program. Yep. Um, also, I'm hearing myself double. Yep, that's normal. Okay. It's not circumference. Um, first of all, it's the first time on, on live. Wow, um, congratulations. You know something? I do this so often that I forget to congratulate everyone. We've had two teenagers today. And it's so proud. I'm so proud of them to do it. They're clear, articulate, aware. And I put them on the spot where they shifted the question on to me, and I was able to shift it back to them, and they were able to do that. That's amazing. And now you're calling up and just reminding me again, the first time on, on the year, that's powerful. Recognize your power. Confident. Yeah, it was a bit hard. It was a bit hard before, but uh, I guess uh, it got easier. Now, Excellent. My question is, um, I went through um, a painful situation once in life, and I have a friend that's going through, through a, a similar situation. So my question is, when I heard he's going through, um, I was not able to function, and I, it was very painful for me. My question is, is, does that mean that I'm not healed from my situation? And or it just means that I understand him very well, and it's uh, I just care for him or something like this. So l- let me understand it, because I'm not getting it that clear. You went through a difficult time. You have now a friend that's going through the difficult time, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. getting triggered when you see that guy going through the difficult time. That's so right. what's your question? So my question is if. If I'm if it uh, if I get very painful from it emotionally down and it's hard for me to function for a few hours after I hear it. So my yeah. question is, does that mean that I that I am not healed from my situation? I still like it's a trauma type of thing, or is it, here or I'm going to shift something? it right back to you. You tell me, which means it's normal for a person to get triggered by something. But how long did it knock you out? Is it the first time that you heard it, or is this already six months after you heard it? It's already uh, passed a long time, yeah, more than six months. And is it more than two years no, or three the, years? No, the situation I heard by my friend is actually something I heard uh, this week. No, but your situation, how many years has it passed your situation? 
just about a half a year, a year ago, something like this. So I don't know how big your situation is, but I'll just share with you. When I lost my father almost eight years ago now, we're almost coming up to the ACR site, I would probably say for the first two, three years, it was huge trauma to me. And if I heard someone else lost a parent or similar, I really felt for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it depends what the trauma is. Has a shalom of someone that lost a child, they'll feel it longer, even if you're healing. Mm-hmm. If it's something like go, going through a divorce, let's say. Yeah, there's a lot more emotions if someone goes through a divorce, especially if there's children. If there's no children, going through a divorce, let's say, just, just the same situation by a friend, but it's... I feel very bad for the friend and something. It's very hard for me just when I hear this. Let's take it back to you. Let's let's look at things differently. Instead of, I'm trying not to tell you if there's anything wrong with you because this is, again, a question where you're asking me. I don't do that. What I will shift to you is as follows. Look at things a little bit differently. Can we look as when someone has a difficulty... Mm-hmm. Sorry, let's put it differently. A life we're meant to have difficulties. Okay, we're meant to have ups and downs. There's mm-hmm. think of the wave, the up and down of the heartbeat. But when yeah. someone's heartbeat, unfortunately, the heart, the pressure is shooting sky high, or very mm-hmm. low, very little. It's a problem. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when we go through a difficult time in life, which the Rebbeinu Shlom sends everyone our nisyanus, our difficulties. After a while, when we go through it, when it happens the first time, it's traumatic. But after a while goes by, or after the person is fighting several months, and the first divorce, the worst thing in the world. Then it's a couple of months, and the fighting gets more mean. They say, you know something, let me just end it. Divorce is an option. And then there's still even more hate that the person's now thrilled that they got divorced. That's a certain process of process that happens in life. Now, when the person finally gets divorced, if they feel victimized, they feel hurt, they feel things weren't done well, they feel that the person is still bad-mouthing them, they feel they might not be able to get married, or whatever else is going on in their life. But what we need to understand is after a while, things are supposed to balance. Now, if it's six months after, it makes sense for you to get hurt. But what I'd like to recognize right now for everyone listening is that if if something is several months or a year or two, and you compare it to what other people usually go through. So everyone's unique. But it's a difference when someone hears... uh, Let let me share with you an example. I was talking to someone that also lost a parent. I spoke to them two years ago. It was about, so it's the sixth year after my father was left. I told him, you know what's bothering me now? I'm almost feeling comfortable, like not comfortable. I'm not having any more that... almost that deep pain in my heart, <gasps> the yard site's coming up. And this yeah. person tells me, well, I lost my father when I was eight years old. And to me, even though it's 30 years later, every year I feel the pain. And then I realize it makes a big difference if you lose your father in when you're an adult, when you're in your 30s and 40s, versus if you lose Hasashon, the father, when you're eight years old. So again, we can't compare. But what I will tell you as follows is if there's an issue that when you're hearing about it, you're getting triggered, then it's something to look about. How can you function without that? Mm -hmm. I see. Okay, I got it. 
what are you getting from this? I'm getting that if it's if it's something that uh, wakes me up or it's it's very strong, then it's something Asian. But if it's just uh, it just uh, half a year or a year ago it happened, and now the friend is going through it's just one time, it's not normal that I have a little bit uh, a feeling for him, and I go down for like a two three hours. And then That's I'm right. Going back, okay. Exactly. So I want you to recognize, do we know these people that are so angry, full of pain, that they're always yelling, oh, those people that are divorcing, and it could be four or five years after they went through, or they never even got divorced, but you see the anger, you see that fear, I don't want to use the word fear that they feel, but you see the venom in their tone. Do you know those type of people that I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Those, Those people need help. It's not healthy right. walking around with that. Mm-hmm. So what are you getting? Yeah, I'm getting that it's very normal for once uh, that it should happen, that it should be for a few hours uh, down for it. That's right. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Ravnissa, what do you say to this? I'm not in. Okay. <laughs> so do we go to Mr. R? Yeah, we'll go to Mr. R. One second, please. Mr. Sure. Mr. R. Mr. R. Before one, Mr. R, I just want to say that uh, uh, a lady, just one of the ladies called, and uh, she just said that about the girl, the teenage girl, that... Uh, Maybe she can do some chesed hours. It's a good idea. And ah, that was the first one that said she was missing some rachnias. Yes, chesed that hours. That one. Or the uh, girl that wasn't leaving yes. her room that much, like was eating in, in her room. Yeah, and also maybe if she doesn't like the job, may try to find. So thank you to the caller. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you for that caller. Yeah, Mr. R. Hello? Yes. Yes. Hey, um, I just have a quick question. Uh, Go ahead. I, I I've gone through a lot in the past uh, couple of years. I had a very rough, unhealthy uh, lifestyle. I don't know. I don't want to get into too much details. Um, I just the the quick the question is. Uh, I realize that I have I should probably go and see someone and talk to someone. I just want to know if. Uh, what the difference would be going to someone Jewish as uh, as opposed to someone not Jewish? Would I get like a totally different opinion from someone that's not Jewish or a professional should be professional? Whew, Rav Nissen, would you be able to help out over here? Okay, let's. let's... His question is: He's someone that needs to go for help. What's the difference if you go to a from therapist or to someone that's non-Jewish versus non-Jewish? So the first of all, the what 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 is the uh, kind of issue? I would say that definitely with a Jewish therapist, again as as the datoa, um, most of the I said that therapies that we are recommended and the people that has, no, working with uh, rabbanim, and working with uh, the knowledge of our sages, that the nefesh, amazingly, even they didn't finish, uh, graduate. Uh, university but our rabbanim our hachamim knows very very well the nefesh 
and uh, the therapist that's working with them has an uh, unbelievable another source of point of looking the the, the idea and beside this uh, a non-jewish uh, or non-religious doesn't have the background of of the of the, the the patients you know many times you have to know you have to to understand i i i myself have, uh, saw a therapist for, for marriages you know and they told the the, the lady you know just uh, if your husband did this you have to do the, to do exactly like he did and it's really uh, against everything given uh, you know so many things that is not even thought of thinking about it in, in a Jewish way or what our our tradition or our our uh, requirement and this is the dangerous about it yeah Uh, would you be able to just restate it? Very hard to hear uh, the Nisman. Like the short version of what Rav said was that you need to, on one hand, it's important going to a from therapist that will understand some of the issues going on, and you want to make sure that it's a from therapist that won't tell you, oh, if you bring up a question about Yiddishkeit, oh, there's something wrong with a religion, Hasushalam. And so, therefore, it's good to go to a from therapist. On the other hand, some of the top therapists in a certain field might not be from, and you just want to know that they're culturally sensitive. That means that they're understanding to our needs and to us. And therefore, it might not be an issue if the person isn't from. It also depends on the age of the, of the, of the person, if it's an adult, if it's a kid, and all along these lines. So... It really is a lot more complicated than just a yes or no. Rightness and rubness, is that what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. One thing I will tell you, get help. No question. All right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Rabnissa yeah. was saying, speak to your Rav, speak to your Dastar, as you going? Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, quick, another quick question. Um, Go ahead. Uh, is there a way to uh, re-listen to some of these shows because you hear some stuff and then you dismiss it? Oh, sorry, say it again. Is there a way to what? To re-listen to some of these shows because some of the stuff you hear and sure, you Sure, first thing you could do it online on jrootradio.com. There's everything and there and you can listen to every single program on jrootradio.com as well as I'm I have it on my date. phone line. On my phone line, which is uh, also a free number, just like the JRoot has a free number, I have one seven one eight two nine eight two zero one one that has a recording of all my shows there. There's also section six, which has we're about now over nine hundred daily questions and answers that we have there. Wow. Okay. Thank you yeah, so much. But, but for but listen, you can get online everything. You could download every program we've done here. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay, we'll go. Harav Nissen, how are you doing? Baruch Hashem, you know. Yeah. Baruch Hashem, how are you yeah. doing? So we 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 continue. We take. Yeah, let's take one more question. Okay. Miss T. Miss T, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello. Hello. Hello? Yes. Yeah, hi. Um, now the perm is coming up. I want to ask, um, when usually I give them sheikh to 
a person like I give to all my friends, and then I give to someone that like doesn't always get or might not get a lot. That but is I such know, an like, amazing please. idea. Let's stop here a second. Can everyone listening think about this? Can we make Shalachmanis for everyone? And then just think of one person that we're not that close to. But this can be fantastic. Send someone a Shalachmanis that you usually wouldn't send. Wow. Great. What was your question now? Um, so, basically, that they might have that I'm not even so close to them, and I come, like, knocking on the door and giving them something. It no, everyone likes a compliment. Just take it. But they're smarter than that. They're going to know. Like, it's not, we're not friends. Like, they're going to feel stupid, maybe. Let me ask something. If someone you didn't speak to in two years comes by and says, you know, I just thought of you recently. Here's a Shalach Manas. What would you say? Uh, thank you. Exactly. You're going to think, oh, they think I'm a Rachmanis, and that's why they're doing it. Or will you just say, that is really nice of this person. No, but um, to this person specifically, I think that's how she can, she's going to feel. So shy, since. So let's rephrase your question then. Your question is: There's someone that already feels like a Rachmanis, someone that already feels that you probably treat them like a Nabuch case, and now if you're going to give them a Shalachmanis, they'll reinforce that. Right. I would say do it anyway. And Thank you, Because I will tell you that I think this is in your mind. Next Based head. on my experience with human nature, people will be thinking, she always wanted to send it to me, just she couldn't do it. Maybe it was some, someone healthy, but I don't know if she would. I think it's in your mind, as Rabbi Mordechai said. It's it's something. Try to be positive and think that she will be happy, very happy to see you with your mishloach manot, and big, you know, put a big smile and said, "Happy Purim, Afroilach and Purim." Right? That's mm-hmm. how we say Mordechai, Ramodechai, Afroilach and Purim. I I'll tell you, I I, I agree with Rav Nissen. People love just getting a shalach manot and thinking, "Of course, you value me." Right. Mm, I guess I will. Yeah, I don't want you to do it because we said it. You asked the question, we gave you an idea. People oh. like Shalach Manas. People don't mind if you didn't speak to them in five or ten years and saying, Hi, I just thought of you. Okay, so thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you very much. No You're welcome. I guess, Rav Nissen, can we give this little mention to everyone out there? Send a Shalach Manus to one person. Doesn't have to be a Nebuch, doesn't have to be a Rachmanus. Just to someone you haven't been in touch with in a while. And just that little high thinking of you. Just one. Wow, what a level, what a way of creating a, an Achdus in Klal Yisrael. Great, great idea. And I want to do it, you know, you know that uh, I sh- shall we take another caller or just... Go ahead, Ravnus, if you'd like. Okay, I just, I know what, uh, I just, hello, you're on there. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello? Hello. Hello? Yes. 
Hi, you're always Mordechai and Harav Nissan. Okay. All right, so we'll finish. Okay. So what what <laughs> I want to say before we finish, I just you know every time before Purim and we had it before uh, with the cash route and just a big warning to all of us about the drinking ah. and about you know be, uh, being a little bit uh, not controlled. Please, kids, especially we have so many teenagers that listen to us. Be right. serious about it. Let's make a kiddush Hashem. Yes, it's it's really important. You can be happy without anything. This yeah. is our, uh, to be happy. It's something in our brain, and I tell you what you say. Besimcha, it's the same letters lachshava. It's thinking, and you don't need to drink, and you don't need to rum. Don't go to to risk your life because other friends or other you know it seems like cool to drink. It's not, and so many yeah. kids lost their life or be disabled and God, God forbid you know be addictive the, the places is full like smart kids so called smart kids that sorted it it's not it's not worse and the teachers and the uh, all the rabbanim please tell it to the to your student to your teacher to his boys and the girls don't do it really begging you know from from Atzala, from the shomrim from all the organization that it's not fun to drink. And it's not mitzvah. Of Kanyevsky, Kanyevsky, all the rabbanim, the big rabbanim said, it's not mitzvah to be drunk. This is my voice. Ramodcha, it's your voice now. No, you got it. It's not sweet, it's not Yiddish. And unfortunately, this, those that drink at Purim then starts expanding to other places today. At weddings, you see another someone get plastered and it's a chol Hashem. You see at Vart, you just see all over. Let's be healthy. Let's not have any accidents, chas shalom. Let's hope and daven that this year should be a healthy year and Amen. everything should go with, 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 with safety. Thank and you. And we should have the Gula Shalema. Amen, amen. Hashem. We see Mashiach Mendevit soon. And we'll celebrate Purim Yerushalayim. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mordechai, and tell all the listeners. Yes. Have a wonderful evening.